Hey friends, it's so great to be back for another week of Deeper Still, the women's ministry podcast of Christ Church of Oak Brook. I'm Sue Ann Canfield, and it is my joy to be the host of this podcast and just to get to spend a little bit of time with you each and every week. So thanks so much for joining us today. You know, I never take it for granted that you have so many other ways that you could be spending your time right now. So thanks for inviting us into your living room, to your kitchen, to your AirPods, and just spending a few minutes with us today. As always, I just hope you're having a great day and so glad you're here. So today we are going to jump back into our conversation on the book of James. So for those of you who have been following along, we are going to pick up with James chapter 3 and we're going to be in verses 12 through 18 today. But hey, if you are joining us for the first time today, welcome. You can jump right in and if you are interested even in maybe taking a step further and joining a Zoom discussion group based on this podcast, we have some awesome women who meet throughout the week that would love to include you. So be sure to visit Christchurch.us forward slash women and you can find a group that will work for you. Or uh, hey, you might even want to grab a few friends and start your own group. So think about that as well. So to help me with our conversation today on wisdom, it's our big topic today, I have chosen one of the most wise women I know to be with me here in the studio, Sally Couture. Sally has been involved with so many aspects of the life of our church over the years. Um, she and I served together uh, in Mothers of Preschoolers, our MOPS ministry years ago. She's been involved with our children's and our worship's ministry. She is a small group leader at our Well Bible Study. She currently serves as an elder. And many of you who attend Christ Church have seen her probably up front as a friendly face welcoming you to worship, which she does an awesome job at. So love her for that. Um, Sally is also a nine on the Enneagram, which makes her one of my favorite people to be around. And we're going to talk later why that is true. Um, she is a mom to two amazing teenagers. She is a wife to Tim and is a thoughtful, wise soul. And so friends, take a deep breath, open up your Bible to the book of James if you can, and settle in as we go deeper still. Well, hello, Sally Couture. Hello. Welcome to Deeper Still. Thanks. It's good to be here. How are you today? Uh, loving our snowstorm that happened last night. So cozy. It's sweater weather. I love that. A uh, little nervous about doing this after following your last few guests. <laughs> I mean, Tara Beth, preacher extraordinaire, Carla, like so wise and... Chris, our historian, it's just a lot to follow. But you are Sally. You are exactly who God who created you to With be. This super annoying voice you all have to listen to now. Oh, you know, it is the worst thing that you have to get uh, used to listening to yourself. And I always have to go back and listen to do edits and, you know, cut out weird parts and to hear the sound of our voices. Yeah. Oh, it's just brutal. Yeah, when I used to be a teacher, I said to my class one time, I don't know how you guys listen to my voice all day long, because it's really kind of an annoying, it's great in my head. It's a really nice voice in my head. It's, it's not, a really nice voice to me. I love your voice. Oh, you're sweet. I'm sure Tim says the same thing to you. Says, every day. I love to hear your voice Sally, every your day. Your voice is just like roses. <laughs> Just like roses. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, you know, Sally, one of the things that I love about having uh, you here and that I love about podcasting is it gets to introduce new voices to our listeners. And I know that is something you have appreciated. Oh, yeah. We just had this conversation. You said, I love that, you know, some of these women maybe you know or you see, but you don't really get to know. And right. now here you sit and you're, you and I are obsessed with our AirPods. Biggest like change of my life in 2020. <laughs> Don't you feel like they've revolutionized your life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to get, like, my 80-some-year-old mom on board. I'm like, wear, your, wear some earbuds while you talk on the phone. That's right. Yeah. It's life-changing. So mm -hmm. if you don't have a pair of those ladies. Although mine get. don't fit in my ears quite right. I have small ears, apparently, and they keep falling out. Oh, I think they make little... Mine mm. are the cheaper ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. You might have to pony up a little bit. <laughs> You're <Sorry>. that, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Tim's listening. We need to add Tim to our male listener list. There you go. So. Yeah. Um, well, Sally, again, so great to have you here. I'm so great for women to who don't know you to get a chance to hear some of your story today and just to hear us um, be two women who love the scripture and want mm -hmm. to uh, talk a little bit more about what it looks like in our lives. So that's what we are going to do yay. today. Yay. Um, first, though, before we do that, I know it has been a while since our listeners and for our discussion groups uh, have been since they have been 
actually in the book of James. And I, you know, don't imagine that they've been spending the entire break like reading over and over uh, every little word of James. And so uh, I want to dust off those cobwebs first and just kind of reset the context of where we're at in this book of James or even for our new listeners, if um, maybe they're just catching up, I want to give them some context. I'm going to take a minute and do that. And then I'm going to ask you to actually read the passage that we are going to look at today. Does that sound good? Yep. Sounds good. Okay. So friends, remember that when we're talking about the book of James, um, James was one of the earliest pieces of literature that we have in the New Testament. So when we think about the life of the early church and um, after Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, and then all of a sudden you have all of these people who have been changed by the life of Jesus who are trying to figure out how to do church together, how to do life together, and they don't really know what they're doing. And so James is one of the first letters that we have to the early church to say, hey, um, here are some ways that you can live out this life, this Jesus way of life that we profess together. And so um, James, remember, is the brother of Jesus. Um, Interesting thing, I think one of the things always good to keep in mind when we're talking about this book is to remember that James was not a follower of Jesus when Jesus was on earth, when they were siblings living in the house together. James was like, what? Who do you think you are? Son of God, come (laughs) on, right? Um, And any of you have siblings or children kind of get that a little bit. We never listen to the people closest to us. Nope, nope, And nope. so um, after the resurrection of Jesus, we see that James actually has an encounter with the resurrected Christ. And the scripture doesn't tell us a whole lot about what happens in that encounter. But what we do know about it is it radically transforms the life of James because he goes from being skeptical or an unbeliever to all of a sudden being full in, mm-hmm. um, sold out to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to be to becoming one of the key leaders of the early church right alongside Peter and Paul. And so um, it's a really cool piece of the story. And so some of the things that we've talked about over the course of this podcast that James is reminding the early church is how to live, how how to live out in this world. Remember, they were they were scattered. So listen listen to some of these words if they sound familiar to where you're at today. They were isolated. They were scattered. Uh, they were disoriented. They were persecuted. They were in financial trouble. Um, they were enduring all kinds of challenges. They didn't always know who to listen to, which way to turn. And James writes this letter and he looks at them in the midst of all these circumstances. And he says, hey, hey, church, um, guess what? I know that you're going through all these things, but you have to find a way to look like Jesus. It matters. And so he says, here's some of the ways you can do that. You can persevere through your trials. You can take care of the poor. You can treat everyone regardless of their social status, their ethnicity, or their income. You can treat them like they are children of God. You can watch the words that come out of your mouth. You can recognize the power they have to harm or to bless. Now, James didn't have social media, but if he did, <laughs> right? I'm sure that's would be, that would be a subtitle in our Bible. Um, Sally, I'm pretty convinced. Like, yeah. how to use your words on social media? And yeah. he would remind us of this. So, <laughs> they live forever. That's right. That's right. Uh, how you listen to others, how you serve others, how you love your neighbor as yourself, all these things, how they work together to live a life that actually um, aligns your actions, what you say to believe, what you say you believe, to your faith in this Jesus, the character of this beautiful, wonderful Messiah, um, that those two things match so that others will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So mm-hmm. that's a James in a nutshell. How was that, Sal? Sounds good. <laughs> so <laughs> easy. <laughs> so Live easy. it this way. <laughs> I know. Um, and so hopefully that's ringing some bells right now as uh, people are listening. Like, oh, yeah, that's what we've been studying. That's what James is all about. So as we move into chapter three, the second half of chapter three, this whole thing sets us up so perfectly because James is going to challenge us today um, to examine our source of wisdom. Okay, think about that, our source of our wisdom. So dig deep. What well are we digging from? Where is the things that are coming out of our mouth, the way we are living? What is our source for those things? Because James tells us very clearly that there's a good source, mm-hmm. there is good wisdom, and that wisdom comes from God. Yep. And there's 
honestly, there's bad wisdom. I don't even know if we can call it wisdom. It's just bad. I don't know. <laughs> Most uh, people do. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they think it's wisdom. Right. Yep. But it comes either from the world or take a step deeper. It comes straight from the father of lies himself, mm-hmm. Satan. And so part of there, and also there's a very big difference as we're going to see in how these things uh, play out in our lives. What kind of character that makes us look like depending on where we are drawing from oh, our yeah. sources and so um i want you to pay attention to that today as we <laughs> we talk about this so sally uh will you go ahead and read those verses for me and um for me and as uh, our listeners are reading i want them to kind of think about the same question i'm going to ask you in a minute and think about what words pop out as All you right. read this go so this it. is james 3 verses 13 through 18 Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, There you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So Sally, just in reading those verses, what are some of the words that stand out for you? And let's let's maybe start with the positive words. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I think that the the um, showing it by their good life, by um, deeds done in humility, not to get a pat on the back, you know, doing it because that's what you're supposed to do, um, and because you feel moved emotionally in your heart to do something good for someone else. That's big. The one that clearly stuck out to me is um, in verse 17 where it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. I mean, that's just, it's pure. That's that's the root of all of it. And then it goes on to be peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and all that. And um, impartial, sincere. These are all things we want I think out of life is is peace, is um, mercy, um, sincerity, consideration. Those are all things every human desires deep down. And that's what wisdom is, is, is living a life that gives that and receives that. Mm. I love that you pulled out that word pure and you you made that um, the source. I missed that. I didn't really think about that. But if it's not pure, all of all of those other attributes flow out of something that is pure mm-hmm. and good and right from the very beginning. And then you get those other things. Right. But it's got to be pure. And, and who is pure? Right. God. There's only one I mean, who's there's truly one. pure. Right. Yeah. So if it's pure, it's from God. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Hard to, that. hard to decipher sometimes if it's pure in our human minds, in our human hearts, but at its purest, that's from God. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think in our conversation today, that's a good caveat to make is we're not gonna um, we're not gonna be the answer all the how questions of this from right. how do you know? How do you know which is evil? How do you know? We're gonna be able to see the fruit and that's a really good way to say, is it from God or is it mm-hmm. not from God? Oh yeah. Because we're gonna you can look back at these words and say, Well, <laughs> is it humble? Is it considerate? Is it peaceful? Uh-huh. Then maybe what's happening is not from God. Yeah. Um, but there's no like one like roadmap or like here's your five steps to know. Right. Other than knowing the source. Yeah. A light doesn't shine on it literally and say this is pure. <laughs> um, but when you look back or, or really dig deep, you can tell if it is pure and of God. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So let's go to the flip side of that. <laughs> what are some of the negative oh, nothing words? In What's this. the contrast? <laughs> Demonic, um, unspiritual, not from heaven. And I think the the phrase um, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly. The wisdom that doesn't come down from heaven, but is earthly. Well, that's that earthliness. You know, we're, we we don't think of that as negative sometimes, but in a biblical sense, earthly wisdom is. I deserve this. I get more. Um, that's not fair. Those kind of things that seep into us and then come across maybe as um, wisdom. The earth is the world is telling us mm. things. The world tells us we deserve or we should do or we should get. Well, that's not wise. That's yeah. that's 
of sin often or of just pure um, gimme, gimme, gimme-ness. Mm. And that's earthly. That's not heavenly. God's not a gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I think sometimes that's where it gets hard for us to decipher because we can see what's evil or demonic. I mean, right. those those are those, <laughs> those are, are easy, strong. right? We can I mean, those are really yeah. strong words. Uh James is a really strong. That's how he doesn't pull any punches. So really strong words. Um but when we think about this earthly wisdom, yeah. it can creep in because there are wise things from people who are maybe not of God that are on earth. Sure. It's not all bad. No. It's not, that's not to say that, that they can't have wise things, but this this source and then starting to decipher because earthly wisdom sometimes looks really good because oh, yeah. it makes us look good. Yeah. It feels good. It feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I love in one of the commentaries, um, that I read was saying um, worldly wisdom comes from a limited perspective. So when we have a limited perspective, when we don't have this eternal perspective, again, where wisdom, uh, like holy wisdom comes from, then then all of a sudden all we can see is what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. The only situation we can see oftentimes then becomes our own or the circumstances right around us. And I think a lot of times that comes out as this um, Mm -hmm. self-advancement, you know, climbing whatever ladder may be in your life that we sometimes um, feel like we need to climb or the immediate pleasure, you know, the immediate hit (laughs) on whatever ice cream flavor is your favorite. Is ice cream wise? Is ice cream? Oh, um, (laughs) I I wouldn't say it's unwise. (laughs) So I have a... I mean, if it's banana, it's unwise because that's that's just bananas wrong. Your flavor. That's right. <laughs> I have a box of Frango mints right now that I from Christmas. Those that are is, so. Wise. I think they're wise. I, I Mint agree. is a very wise <laughs> combination with chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we so digress. Um, but I love that it said um, uh, this kind of wisdom. It measures only how it affects you, right? How you can advance yourself, promote yourself, assert yourself. And the primary question you ask is, "What can I get out of this?" Mm-hmm. So that's a good like earthly wisdom. Right. Well, and How just about you? think about like the term influencer, an Instagram influencer. Like there's people out there that their sole job is to influence others in what to wear, what to buy, where to go, you know, how to take a picture, whatever. Okay, that's, there's no, that's not a, you know, in and of itself, that's not a huge harmful thing, but people become so enamored with the mm-hmm. influence of another person. Mm-hmm. That's an earthly unwise thing you know god is not going to have people have their influence be this is kind of running in a circle a bit but the influence shouldn't necessarily be like how to look a certain way physically more it should be how do i make this world a better place based on my understanding of what god wants Mm, that should be the influence and so i think we're so caught up in that in this world now of of how do we influence others you know purely superficial way right right there's there's so many that's a great example and i think there's so many examples of that you know i'm thinking about even you know wisdom the world tells us about um how to raise our children or Mm -hmm. what's important Mm -hmm. you know you look at i was just talking to a friend the other night about just um how sad it is and i know you have you have teenagers and so this this is heavy on our hearts with those of you listening who are have kids in school who are isolated right now and just the mental health issues that that's creating Mm -hmm. and the world would say i think part of what's created that the world the earthly wisdom says uh look at your test scores look at your grades look at your um you know how do you get into college your college application and i think it's created so much anxiety and pressure on kids today that even like we think that's it's so easy for us to get caught up in that earthly wisdom yeah. yeah right um and then it 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 has a sometimes negative effect on our children. And I'm not saying that's what's happening during COVID right now, but I'm kind of wrapping that all up yeah, yeah. a little bit. It's just how easy it is to look at earthly wisdom and fall into that when our source mm-hmm. isn't right. Mm-hmm. And I, I found the Proverbs, um, Proverbs 10, 23 said, a fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. Mm-hmm. Well, who wants to be a fool? I mean, <laughs> that's just, it's so, you know, Proverbs is so interesting the way it just throws out these little things that yes. you can just pass over. But I'm like, well, I don't want to be a fool. Mm-hmm. I don't want to find pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. Well, that's the goal in life, I think, is to um, become more and more wise. And for us as Christians, that should be 
wisdom in our Father. Yeah. 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 I love that you brought up Proverbs because um, uh, if, if I'm not going to read this whole thing, but if anyone wants to go to Proverbs chapter one, verses 20 through 33, it's this picture of wisdom as a woman. Yes. Uh, I read standing that Standing on the street <laughs> corner. Yeah. Uh, yelling. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Anyone listening? And people just yep. going by and not listening. And then you see, again, um, the fruit of these people's lives who don't yeah. stand and listen to the very clear thing that is standing on the street corner yelling at them. Yeah. Um, and so mm. great picture. Proverbs is oh, yeah. full of great stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I love that it's a a woman who's the wisdom. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course it is a I woman. I that on a woman's is, podcast. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I, I do love how God even like when you asked me to do this and I was kind of hesitant at first because I, I am not a pastor. I am not, you know, I'm not, I'm just a regular old everyday person you're the beloved um, of god i am, I am. <laughs> didn't you listen to the last i don't podcast? have credentials <laughs> to be doing this but except i can talk up a mean streak but on my um bible app the the um verse of the day was james 1 5 and it just came up the day after you asked me to do this one i said well let me pray on it and that's if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask god who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you I'm like, okay, God, I get the point. I might have something someone needs to hear. So I just think it's fascinating how throughout the past week after you, I agreed to, to come on, God keeps dropping little wisdom nuggets mm-hmm. of, of scripture or, you know, just stuff in my lap. Like, okay, you know, come on, you, you've, you've gotten some wisdom for me. You reached out to me and I gave it to you. So, um, that's my that's my my I don't know where this is going but God's got a plan. He does have a plan and I'm so glad you brought that up because that is how he speaks and that is how he um, affirms things mm-hmm. in us and that's part of our wisdom and what we need to do is look for those opportunities and don't or not opportunities but um when God is present and clearly speaking, that we don't blow by that. But right. we say, okay, God, is this for you? Yeah, you know what? Clearly, uh, mm-hmm. he's bringing James 1, 5, and 6 up to you. Yeah. He's saying something to you yeah. in this. And so, Sally, I'm so glad that you mentioned all of that because one of the reasons I invited you here today was not so that we could get deep into the weeds about uh, theologically what these verses mean or what the Greek word means for, you know, we love doing that and I'm all for that. But I think the reason that God kept bringing you to my mind is because I've known you for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've journeyed some life together mm-hmm. over the years and I have seen um, you and you've been vulnerable about this in a lot of different spaces. You've shared this with some different women, but I've seen you, especially through um, pieces of your journey. I'll let you share where you have had to rely on the wisdom of God in a way that has been, um, you've gotten to a place of knowing you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And you've you've so fallen on your knees, you and Tim both, to ask God for wisdom in your yeah. life. And that's why I invited you here today. And I just, I want you to just share some of sure. your story uh, wherever you want to start. And we will, we will, I will follow you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's important, I think, to start with the fact that I have always felt a calling to be a mom. From the time I was a little girl, I have been obsessed with babies. Um, if there's a baby in a room, I will I will gravitate towards it. Um, I have always felt that was my calling. And um, I went to college, I became a teacher, I taught third grade mostly, um, loved my job, and um, was always just, you know, even in the summers in college, I'd work in the baby room at a daycare center and fall in love with those babies. Met my husband and, you know, we just both um, knew we wanted children and um, I couldn't wait for the whole experience. I couldn't wait for the pregnancy, for it. Uh, just everything about it seemed fascinating other than the labor part. <laughs> um, but God had um, some different plans for us. So Tim and I were married um, three years, I believe. I think it was three. Um, I should know this. Um, when we decided to start trying to have a family, and it did not go as planned. It took, um, you know, tried for a year, went through infertility, went through, um, we went through in vitro, we went through egg donor, we had um, one pregnancy that went to eight weeks, and um, then we lost that baby. And um, but again, God in His wisdom had Tim at the appointment with me. Had the doctor there to talk to us, other than just the ultrasound tech. And um, every step of the way, God really um, was there. With I mean, Tim and I, our faith is very strong, and 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 was with us and kept us very much on the same page. Like we both were ready to move on to each new step 
at each moment. And so it was um, through adoption that we became parents. And um, our adoption journey was, I won't go into all that now, if anybody out there listening wants to ever talk about adoption, I have two beautiful, beautiful, Mm -hmm. lovely stories. And God um, really was with us, making it so clear to us which um, we've opened adoptions and we met birth parents before our children were born. So we connected with our birth parents prior to their birth and made the decision. Um, the birth mother chose us and we chose them. And so it was a um, a beautiful thing that God made clear who, what children were supposed to become our children. And um, so... Uh, And it was ironic with our first child, Emma. um, It was nine months from the time we started our adoption journey, met with the agency, got the ball rolling, to the time she was born. Mm. I'm like, oh, how how ironic is it? Nine months, Mm. you know, that that was the time period we waited. And um, held her within an hour of birth, um, really bonded with her her lovely birth mother in the hospital, spent... um, three days just, you know, hanging out, holding this beautiful baby and crying and laughing and all that good stuff. And um, left the hospital with her a couple days later. And um, I think it's important to, um, I'm not going to share both stories all the way, but with Emma's birth, um, her birth mother was so strong and both of their birth mothers are so strong. And as we're leaving the hospital and and she handed this baby to me for the last time and I just was, I'll cry now if I think about mm. it too much, but she's like, come on, no more tears. I'm just glad I could help make your dreams come true. Wow. I'm like, oh my Lord, thank you for putting this woman in my life, mm. you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, the first year with Emma was just everything I had dreamed of as a mom. I mean, she was the most, of course, beautiful baby there's ever been on the face of the earth. Um, She was smiley and happy and hit every milestone and was just slept through the night on her own. I mean, you name it, it was great. I chose to stay home with her and not go back to teaching. It was, you know, everything about it was so divinely beautiful. Um, And then when she turned... She was just a little over two. So she turned two in July, and Ben, our second child, was born in October. And again, a beautiful, beautiful birth story. Um, Know both his birth parents and just lovely God, you know, so many interesting things with that story, too, of how God worked the the whole process to make sure we were with this child. Mm -hmm. And um, when Ben came home, you know, it was just, again, such a joy, such a happy, chubby, adorable <laughs> baby. You knew Ben as a newborn, <laughs> and he's you know, always been this happy-go-lucky little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's the basic, you know, story of I always wanted to be a mom. And so once I finally became a mom, though it was a long journey, um, six years of infertility and a couple years of adoption stuff, it was um, amazing, amazing. And because I felt this was my calling, I thought I would do it perfectly. And I thought it would be easy. And I thought, this is it. You know, I've gone through the hard stuff. Now it's going to be the fun, easy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was determined, I look back now, to make an adoptive family um, so, look so well-adjusted and perfect so people understood that adoption was a beautiful, joyful amazing thing because it has a stigma to it mm. sometimes people still don't always understand um how you can love an adopted child the same as a child you gave birth to mm. like they are my children whether i gave birth to them or not that's right they're my children yeah. um i just happen to also have a couple other people that were a really really crucial part of that process mm. who are also their parents in in their birth parent role um so I got kind of caught up, I think, in um, looking a certain way, you know, always having them dress super cute, always, you know, you know, just silly things got caught up in how I wanted us to look so um, perfect. Mm. And um, as I'm sure many people listening know, uh, that's not how parenting is. What? I know. <laughs> I should also mention that both Tim and I are second compliant children. Mm. We are the children that the parents say, Stop it. And we go, okay. <laughs> and so naturally your children would act this uh-huh. way. You'd think so, especially because I was also a teacher, so I could control 34 <laughs> kids, no problem. This little girl had a different mind than my mind. And so, um, as again, I could talk for hours on all of this because it's so um, 
so much of my heart and my life. But um, Emma was is very strong-willed. She's got a mind of her own. She does not, when you say stop, stop. And um, this became hard for me. This became very hard to to recognize that um, I wasn't parenting her the way she needed to be parented. Mm-hmm. I just kept kind of digging my heels in going, no, if I do this strongly enough, she will she will hear me. She will listen. And so um, over the years, our relationship became um, more and more challenging. I was um, more and more um, just uh, just kind of um, not being a, a, a mother. I was being a tyrant, I think, maybe now as I look back. Um, and I didn't see the struggles Emma was having in the same way she needed me to. So what I have um, discovered as I look back this week is I became um, in such a broken place as a mother that at one point I said to Tim, I can't, I'm ruining these kids because I was the yelling, the screaming, the angry mom so much of the time and then turn right around and loving and giving and Mm -hmm. so inconsistent that I was like, Tim, I'm ruining these children. What am I doing? Um, luckily, he didn't listen to me. <laughs> so that is not true. Yes. Let me speak yeah. truth over you. You did not um, ruin your children. Yeah, but it got to the point where I was so broken as a parent and as a woman and as a wife and as a person, I think, that I went to God, even though I'd been asking him for help and praying for help, I was still trying to do it on my own. I was still trying to do it my way. My way was the right way. So I really came, and it wasn't a one-day moment that I kind of finally got it, but I kept coming to him over and over in my brokenness and begging and crying and pleading for wisdom, um, for for patience, for guidance. And I'd love to say that I asked and it was, you know, handed to me on a silver platter in one moment. Um, but it was because I think I kept going back and going back and going back and admitting the days I was screaming at this beautiful girl, you've got to stop screaming at me. And here's me screaming at her, you know, and recognizing my part in not being the mom she needed. That really helped me open up to God's wisdom and his change of changing my heart to not having to be the mom to make her be someone she was, I thought she was supposed to be, but start recognizing I needed to become someone that could help her be who she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, Emma has struggled with anxiety. Um, she is an unbelievably smart, creative, um, giving person. But we got ourselves in a really yucky rut, she and I. And um, it took... Like I said, a lot of work on my part and prayer and and starting to engage more and more and more with God every day to um, start to glean the wisdom he was giving me. And I, I looked today trying to find, I remember reading somewhere, God gave you the child you needed to become the person you need mm-hmm. to be. Versus as parents, we so often say, and, and as an adoptive parent, people often say to me, oh, your child is so lucky to have you as a parent. You know, it's so lovely that you, they, they have you as their parent. I'm like, oh, yeah, God finally really got through to me that no, 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 no. It's not about that. She's changing me mm-hmm. to be the person I need to be and the parent I need to be for her. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm t- going on and on and on, I recognize. But um, I, 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 I was struck by the line in Hamilton I shared with this the other day, the Aaron Burr line that he says, um, um, I am the only thing, I wrote it down, where did yeah. I write it down? Something about I am the only thing in this world, here it is, I am the one thing in life I can't control. Yes. I am an inimitable, I am an original. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that stuck with me. I'm yeah. a big music person and that yeah. line stuck with me. I can only control me. That's I can't right. control this child that doesn't do things the way I want her to do it. Right. I can only control me and right. I can only control me well with God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was a long rambling. I'm sorry. No, that's really good. And I'm so glad that you shared that story because a couple of things that I draw out from that. First of all, after our conversation yesterday, I listened to the entire Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> and so thank you for that. Uh, I love my other life changing thing of 2020, oh, Hamilton yeah. on Disney Plus. Um, but what I, I love 
is you're talking about this idea when it comes to wisdom. It, it, it wasn't a one-time thing. You know, we read the, that verse in the beginning of James, James 1, 5, and, you know, ask God for wisdom and he will give it to you. And sometimes we we say, mm-hmm. okay, God, I know I'm supposed to ask you for this. And so I'm going to ask you for wisdom. And where is it? Right, like, right. And we get frustrated if, if it doesn't go the way that we think it will mm-hmm. or we're not all of a sudden our circumstances don't change immediately. And I love that you paint this picture of this, um, what's been a decade plus long process for you of continuing to going to God for wisdom. It's that pivot that we talked about last week. You kept pivoting back to God's wisdom and realizing that you couldn't do it on your own, yep. that that um, you had to dig deeper into your source, that your source, you know, yeah. sometimes we think, oh, we can do okay on our own, and our source is, is um, knee deep, ankle deep, I don't know what the, uh, um, but the well, yeah. I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying, but the well is way deeper than that, and I love that those two things you kept recognizing. You kept recognizing that, that it wasn't one time you needed to ask for wisdom over and over mm-hmm. and over again, and then you realized that even when you thought you had some, you had to keep digging deeper into the source, right? into knowing who God is, who you are, and all those things that allow us to live to finally see the fruit of some of the stuff that happens when we invite God's wisdom into oh, our yeah. life. And and seeking help, you know, getting yeah. working with a therapist who helped yes. me. Um, seeking help from from wise women like, you know, my dear friends like you who supported me through this and let me cry on their shoulders mm-hmm. and and um didn't tell me you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Said, Okay, we'll pray about it. Let's mm-hmm. go. You know, um, and I can look back now and see how much I have learned. I'm 51. I never, ever thought at 51, when I look back to my 20s, I wouldn't have it all together. Mm. I thought by then, by now, it'd be like, I have arrived. It's um, funny how old 50 looks when you're younger. You I know. know. How old anything looks. And for those of you who younger. can't see me, I have let my gray hair grow in. I've, I've earned these silver, um, <laughs> the silver crown I laugh about. But, um, and it, there's just so much... Um, that I can now look back and say, oh, I've come so far because God didn't give up on me. Mm-hmm. I knew he wouldn't, mm-hmm. but I had to trust mm-hmm. in him and keep going back to him. One of the things I jotted down when we were talking yesterday is that you said that um, that asking for God's wisdom, when you really ask, you do it from a place of utter dependence, mm-hmm. of brokenness, mm-hmm. of exhaustion, and you said you got to a place, you and Tim both, where you needed, you knew you needed God's wisdom alone because you couldn't f- fix it on your own. Right. And you got to a point of full release. I bolded that. A point of full release. Did I say that? You did say that. <laughs> See how wise you are. Oh yeah. You know, it's um, it's it's a it's a hard thing as a parent, especially someone who longed to be a parent and didn't come to it quickly or easily. Um, to admit I can't, I'm not doing this well. I need help. I need, I need support, you know? Um, And I I need this, need this not for me, but I need this more for my daughter, Mm. you know, and my son. And you know, we can apply that to so many different situations in our lives, whether you look at parenting, whether you look at your marriage, Mm -hmm. whether you look at your career, whether you look at just, you know, you look around in the midst of 2020 and and you think, how is this where I want to be in my life? And you look at all these things that you thought were going to be a certain way Mm -hmm. and maybe they didn't turn out as you expected. And what do we do with that? Do we become the angry, bitter, Mm -hmm. selfish, ambitious people? I'm just going to work harder, try harder. I'm going to yell at my kid more. I'm going to, you know, uh, pretend like I have this perfect marriage or this perfect career to make it look like when in the inside um, there's all kinds of bubbling stuff that that is not from God right. that comes out or when we get to those places and say you know what this didn't this isn't turning out the way I expected do we go back to the source and yeah. I think that's what your story paints very beautifully yeah and and it's um, it's interesting to to have had to recognize along the way that pride of wanting to look like the all-american perfect family was getting in the way you know I had to recognize that I I shouldn't take pride in how my family looks. I need to take pride in having healthy children who are content Mm -hmm. and that I have modeled for them, which I discovered I wasn't doing. I wasn't modeling mothering. I wasn't modeling God's love. I was modeling um, frustration and, and, and just everything I didn't 
realize, you know, it was just, it was not a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I got broken enough that I realized, mm-hmm. okay, God, you got it. God stripped you of that pride yeah. because I, you know, I've never thought of that before, but pride, when we're prideful, it often is a barrier to wisdom. Oh yeah. Because we don't want to ask for help. We don't want to admit that things yeah. aren't, don't look good. We don't want to ask for help. We don't want to admit that maybe we, the books that we're reading aren't helping. Right. That we can't figure it out on our own. We can't fix it on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to go back and apologize mm-hmm. to maybe how I treated Emma that day in my frustration or how I took my frustration with mothering out on, on Tim that night. Like I had to spend a lot of time um, admitting I've messed up and I'm sorry. And I, I ask you to forgive me because that's, you know, that's what God wants us to do. Ask for forgiveness and make amends and, and become peace peacemakers. Well, and that's part of those words that yeah. we pulled out earlier. It's mm-hmm. merciful. It's sincere. It's pure, pure. It's humble. All of those things are part of mm-hmm. um, what wisdom really looks like. And, 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 and Satan was just having a heyday mm-hmm. with me during of this course. time. He was like, yeah, you are a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Look at what you just did. Mm-hmm. Look at how mad you got at that child. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guilt. The uh, all-consuming guilt of losing your cool as much as I was losing my cool mm-hmm. was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Satan had a heyday with that one. And then again, wisdom to know what's a lie and what's the truth, yeah. right? And yeah. we have to know what God says is true so that mm-hmm. we can combat those lies of what is not true yeah. of us. And so, so yeah. many good things that come out of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the other thing you said that God really stirred in your heart when you were looking at these verses is that you looked at verse 18. Mm -hmm. And uh, verse 18 says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And you said that really kind of brought up some new things for you that you weren't expecting. No, because I was really focused on the wisdom part. But then thinking about, um, I did a little, you know, Googling the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. And a peacekeeper, according to what I found online, um, <laughs> desires to maintain peace by avoiding conflict, maintains the facade of peace with others, versus a peacemaker resolves outer and inner turmoil in order to establish peace, although on my notes I wrote peach, <laughs> with others and within themselves. Someone who reconciles people with God and one another, taking the initiative to get involved in conflicts with the intention of building bridges between parties at odds. And I've realized how much I was peace, trying to keep the peace, like stop the fighting with your brother, just clean up your room, just, you know, just trying to keep the peace because I'm a nine, which mm-hmm. is a peacemaker on the Enneagram. I wanted things calm. I wanted things peaceful. And I was just trying to keep the peace as opposed to helping to dive into some of the conflict in a peaceful, pure way to teach skills on how to become peacemakers Mm. um and that's a real big difference um that my nine part of me you know a lot of uh, nines love quiet and peace and and harmony and so when things get a little conflicted we either go into it with we either avoid it or we go into it with an outburst almost. And I was not one who was in touch with my anger much growing up. So when I did get in touch with anger, it's a scary but powerful emotion. And so when it comes out, it feels righteous, but it's so not righteous. Mm. <laughs> so I've really, you know, I'm looking back going, oh, okay, I was a peacekeeper, not a peacemaker. Mm. And that's big. That's such an important distinction. Yeah. I think the first time I heard that was a couple of years ago. I think uh, Dan, our senior pastor, preached on that. Yeah. And I remember sitting in a preaching team meeting with him when he was talking about this idea. And I was like, what are you saying? I've never I've never heard this yeah. difference mapped out. And you even say that a peace, uh, if, I, if I'm remembering what you said right, that a peace um, maker will even... Um, intentionally enter conflict to make things right. That yeah. is scary. Stark contrast yeah. of a peacekeeper that's just like, okay, everyone, la, 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 don't la. just be quiet at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, don't. yeah, mm. yeah. And again, that's, that was how I wanted to appear, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, peacekeeping, we're all sitting here nice and cute at the restaurant and everyone's coloring pretty and blah, 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 blah. Versus, okay, you know, you just threw that crayon across the table. How do we... Ad- dress what's really underneath there what's bothering you are you hungry okay let's you know that's the appearances versus true peace 
Yes. Yeah. Well, and it also speaks to the fruit of what happens when we apply good wisdom. And that's, you know, that's what wisdom is. That's what we're talking about today is this, it's applied knowledge, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all this stuff, our education, our experience, our journeys, our stories, our, you know, all this stuff that we apply then to given situations as they, they come. And I think one of the, um, things that we see in the scripture is that when uh, when we're not living out of a place of, when we're living out of worldly wisdom or uh, the devil's wisdom, it creates chaos, mm-hmm. it creates disunity, mm-hmm. it creates unpeace. I don't think that's a word, unpeace. It works for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means. And so uh, being that difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker, someone who's wise, yeah will know how to step into those very hard places and to actually make them um, to be a reflection of the glory of God, to be that character that's humble Mm -hmm. and to be merciful, to be sincere and actually um, create something that's not chaotic, that's not, um, has disunity. They actually create harmony because how they're able to use that. And that's a fruit of of the sources of wisdom and choosing the right source. Exactly. And uh, can I share that Rick Warren quote? Yes, please do. This is so good. This, again, this is how God speaks. So, I had shared this from a devotional a year ago on my Facebook feed, I think it was, or, or Instagram, I don't know. Um, and it came up this week again, like, oh, remember you shared this thing. So Rick Warren, I don't know what source of his this is from, but this came up somewhere. If you learn to disagree without being disagreeable, that's called wisdom. If you learn to walk hand in hand without having to see eye to eye, that's called wisdom. Mm. And that kind of led me to thinking about like Mr. Rogers. I mean, you and I both love Mr. Rogers and, and just, you know, how that's so much of what he was trying to do is just see each other, see and recognize our differences, but be able to do it in a way that is kind. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not all going to see eye to eye. Our country right now cannot agree on anything, nothing. Mm. And maybe I'm Pollyanna in this, and I'm I'm a pretty, we laugh in my family that I'm a cup half full person. Tim's like, Mr. Philosophy, where's, you know, the cup? And Ben and I are both kind of cup half full, and Emma's like, who took my cup, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it is just, you know, but I know that's kind of a, a, like, everything will be fine point of view, but until we show respect to each other that we're not going to agree, but we care about each other, and that there is right or wrong deep down that God has made clear. It's not gonna not gonna get better. You know, we're not we have to be able to disagree, but not be disagreeable. Yes. I love that. Yeah, and I think this this passage, and again, you know, we've talked throughout the whole book of James of how relevant it is for today. Oh, and so, I think yeah. I think we need to hear I'm so glad we're starting January twenty twenty one with this mm-hmm. passage because um, we didn't know when we planned this what would be happening in our country over the last several weeks. And and um, I think we have seen some bright lights. You know, there has been some good and some peace that has been made um, since January 6th. Um, but I think we as believers and we as the church need to just dig in deep as women in our, you know, I say this all the time, as women, I believe that we have one of the most unique influences in our world today. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we have influence in our home, we have influence, we are relational, so we have multiple kinds of friendships, we we are on our PTAs, we serve on our school boards, we are small business owners, we are lawyers, we are in the public, we are serving at our church, we are volunteering, we are leaders, right. we are group leaders, you know, all of these things. Ladies, we need wise women. <laughs> I mean, we need women who are using their influence, who know, going back to last week, who know who they are as God's beloved, first and foremost, and then who use a wise influence in this world that feels chaotic and disorderly yeah. so often, that can bring peace and can bring um, mercy and can bring sincerity and all these good things that God wants to bestow on us so that we can bestow it on other people. Mm-hmm. The world needs women who are wise right now. Yeah, and women who are willing to keep learning Mm. like we've got to be open to something new being revealed to us in God's word every time we look at it just like you did to sit here today yeah (laughs) I mean you did you're like oh yeah there's just there's always something Mm. new that comes out and um I'm not a, a 
biblical scholar, but I'm telling you, I, I'm every time I open it up, there's something he brings to me. So, mm. yeah. Well, that's why we do this. That's why we continue to dig into his word and to trust him and keep going deeper still, yeah. because this is this is what happens when we do. And so, Sally, thank you so much oh, for being here today. And for, I could sit here and talk to you all day. It's so hard to stop this conversation. <laughs> and so uh, I do hope if there are women out here, they're, they're listening who resonate with especially pieces of your adoption story that they you're welcome to reach out um, to me uh, email me I'd happy to put you in touch yeah. with Sally and because and she knows how important it was to have people alongside her in oh, that yeah. journey and oh, so yeah. uh, she's a good partner to have along the way so mm-hmm. Sally thanks again for being here oh, thank so you. much we appreciate you oh thanks we we so I so appreciate all of you that that put this together it's amazing mm-hmm. I love it thanks so much mm-hmm. Well, friends, thanks once again for jumping back in with us as we have this amazing conversation just about wisdom and what it means to be wise and just uh, to have someone as courageous as Sally to invite her into her story. And so I hope you are encouraged today. I hope you're encouraged to live out of that place where you just get to the end of yourself, that you get on your knees, that you recognize that you are not wise on your own. I am not wise on my own. And all we can do is reach out to God and to ask him again and again for his wisdom. And so do that today, ladies. Do it moving forward. Um, I'm going to leave you today with a verse that points us to Jesus that I think is such a good example of this. And I want it to encourage you today. I want to remind you before I share that. Remember, we're going to move to an every other week schedule. And so uh, we'll be back here in two weeks. And so um, that'll give you plenty of time to catch up, to share this, to follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Christchurch Women, or to even join one of those Zoom groups. So be sure to do that. But let me uh, leave you today with the best example of wisdom that I can find in the person of Jesus, where Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, is the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So ladies, today, be strong, be wise, whatever lies ahead of you, you got it by the grace of God. He is with you and for you. So go in peace today. Have a great day. And we'll see you back here next time as we go deeper still. Deeper Still.